hands that hang down lift up the voice now still. You know, sometimes we just have to make a noise. How you doing, you North Islanders? You're going to make a noise? There we go. I got one. I got a friend down here. He's awesome. Hey, why don't you go and find a couple of people around you real quick. Just love on them if they're lovable. Kiss them if they're kissable. And, uh, you know, just do that. Hug them. Bless them. That'll be really good. Then just take your seats. Wow. People have come to meetings like this and they've found husbands and they've found wives and they've found lost children of all kinds of things, you know. <laughs> wow. Well, it's great to be in the Hawke's Bay. And um, you, you need to, you need to, um, you need to feel really sorry for me because I'm the I'm the apostle stunt double this morning. So, <laughs> I only bought half a suit. I, you know, they wouldn't let me have the jacket. I'm not that level yet. You know, so uh, there we go. But it's just great to be here. I I have been um, have been friends with. Uh, uh, Pastor Mike and Joy for such a long time now. We uh, have a mutual. I remember going to Australia and I was with Clark Taylor and I didn't know Clark at all from a bar of soap. Some of you, you know, may have heard of him before, but I, I didn't grow up in that expression. And, um, and uh, I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day very clearly in my study in Invercargill. And I was saying, God, I want to I wanna know more about the things of the Spirit. I want to know more how to move in the Spirit. And he said, oh, you need to contact Clark Taylor. And um, I, I, I didn't want to, and uh, I was, and, 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 and the Lord just goes silent after He tells you something, you know, and uh, and then you just keep on asking for another question. It's kind of like He just stays silent until you do the thing that He did the first time, you know. Anybody? Five of us. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, so the so the amazing thing was that I I contacted, or well, I had a, an email address, and uh, and I know He'd been out of ministry for a while, but He'd planted a church. I'd heard that. But long story short, I managed to make contact with me and uh, I said, look, I'll fly over. I want to take you out for lunch. I just want to uh, pick your brains. I want to I want to hear some stories. I want to do all those kind of things. And uh, he said, look, I don't do pastor's conferences anymore, but why don't you come and, and stay? He said, I'll get you some accommodation. I stayed with a, a friend of his and uh, we got to, we went there. And the first day I was there, I met this man who believed in me. And for the last 17 or 18 years, he's been walking with me as a mentor. And uh, the great thing was on that first day I was there, a young American man walked in, his name was Shane Willard. And Shane and I became, I said to him, you must come to New Zealand. I brought him to our church and he preached out in Invercargill. Um, someone had stood him up and we had to rescue him. He was, he was here in New Zealand, someone didn't like him. And, um, and uh, well, they, they hadn't even heard him, but they just stood him up at the airport. So he called me and said, I'm, I won't even say the city. It's not your city, all right? And so, and, uh, and uh, he was at the airport and they said, um, they, they've canceled my meetings. I've got $50. And, uh, and uh, I, I said, Shane, just stay right there. And we rang our agent and got a ticket and he flew him to Invercargill, but he was a week early. And, um, and I had John Cameron, no, Brent Cameron speaking uh, in the evening service. So um, uh, he was there. So Shane got on. I put him on in the morning. Well, Shane knocked it out of the park. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and, and he got a standing ovation. And poor Brent Cameron, you know, he runs a Rise Church in Christchurch. His brother runs a Rise throughout New Zealand. Amazing ministry. And uh, Brent goes, dude, I cannot preach tonight. 
I, I'm just not going to preach. And, and uh, I said, dude, that's what you're on the board. You're going to preach. You know, so, I, so he came, Shane sitting there, and Shane was just so encouraging to him, you know, because he was a good, he's a good preacher. And uh, so we had such a great time. But we've journeyed through those years. And Pastor Mike and Joy, I just want to honor you. It's so great getting you to know Pastor. Yeah, come on. Come on. He said, I'm going to expose the spirit over this nation. I'm going to expose the nation. He'd brought 80 to 100 intercessors with him and uh, from Prayer Mountain in, in South Korea. And, and so as they began to speak, as they began to pray, and uh, he began to preach, and he had pastors from all around New Zealand and Australia there. He had church leaders. The place was packed in Auckland. And he said, I'm going to expose the spirit because when you deal to the spirit, this nation will see revival. And, uh, and so it was meeting after meeting, and he's telling us this, and like, and then he gets to this final meeting. And I mean, the air's electric, even my hair's standing on end. And uh, it's like raising the dead, you know, like, and, uh, and then suddenly he, he says, I'm going to expose the spirit. And, uh, and what he does is he goes there and, are you ready for this? You know, people have got their pens and pencils out. There's no iPads in those days, you know. Someone pretending it was an iPad, but it wasn't. And it was just like, you know, they're ready to go. And he goes, the spirit you name it, you call it something. And everybody's like so excited, you know, like they go, we're going to deal to this thing. And he said, it's called tall poppy syndrome. And everybody went, oh. And they literally, I watched as people put their notepads down and, and didn't write on them. Because we are so used to the lid that's on our nation. Listen to me. If I say anything this morning, hear this. We need to deal to that thing. We need to deal to it to open our nation and open our regions in such a remarkable way. And I know we can be conservative. Heck, I come from the South. We, we trade in conservatism. But I have seen people come alive in the Spirit of God. I, I came from a background, and some of you don't know me, and I, I appreciate that, but I was a, I, I grew up in a church that believed in God, the Father, the Son, and what's his name? <laughs> it was like, you know, first message I heard on the Holy Ghost, I thought it was Casper the Friendly Ghost. You know, it was like, it was literally like that. And, and I remember I grew up, and, and what, what happens when a kid grows up in that? The gospel's preached, but conservatism is there. And one of the, one of the most one of the most tragic things was our church believed in cessationalism. What that actually means is that the, the gifts and the power of the Spirit have ceased for today. And so I grew up in a church that whilst I found Christ there, I never found the power of the Holy Spirit there. And, and the, the amazing thing was I was 11 years old and I heard the, not the gospel preached for the first time, but the gospel was preached one night. My heart, as John Wesley said, was strangely warmed. I went home and I said to my parents, godly people, I love them dearly. They're both with the Lord now. My mother passed at 97 just a few weeks ago. Amazing. The only believer in her family, a family of 13. And, and when I, my grandfather was a backslidden Irish priest. That's, yeah, so it wasn't celibate. He was celebrating. 
That's why I've got cousins all around the South. There's not many places I can't get discount down South, I can tell you. <laughs> that's the Irish thing in there. Sorry, I'm a half Irish and half Scots. You know, half me wants to get drunk, the other half doesn't want to pay for it. You know what I'm talking about? So, yeah. It's the Holy Spirit's not nervous. You know, if you're just thinking, like, oh, he's just left now. Like, you know, no, he's not nervous. He's more used to me than you think. And the, and the amazing thing was that, you know, my mum went to a tent revival meeting in Invercargill. Never left, hardly never left Invercargill. Went to the North Island once in her life in 97 years. And, uh, and, and she gave her life to Christ. She was baptized a few days later and joined the church that I was, you know, born in. Met my dad, who was there. And, um, you know, amazing legacy that, that was born out of this one girl, out of this Irish Catholic family. And stuck. Excuse me, astonishing. I honor her to this day. Great prayer warrior as well. But one night this gospel was preached. My heart was strangely warmed. I went home and I talked to my mum and dad. And my dad said to me this. I'll never forget it. He said, we've brought you up to, to listen to my voice, to hear my voice, to obey your parents. You know, and They weren't strict parents. They, were, they weren't mean parents. They, I have a great relationship uh, with them all the days of his life. I, sadly, my dad died at 68 years old and I missed him. He's been gone for over 30 years. And, um, but the, the, the great thing was, he said, I've taught you to listen to my voice and you know my voice. Tonight, your heavenly father spoke to you. And he said, that's a different voice, but it's the voice that will follow you all the days of your life. And this morning, I watched this young dad. Come on, someone. Come on. Come on. Come on. I remember my son Andrew, my oldest son once, and he was stepping out into traffic. He didn't realize it because he was on a, it was a car, pavement, parked cars, and then going to step out. And he stepped out as a young fellow, but I had the higher perspective. I could see the car coming. And I went, Andrew! Just like that. Sorry, excuse me, honey. I just like, she about died of a heart attack over here. Sorry about Hapa Shandai. And, uh, <laughs> but so did Andrew. He went, he stopped in his tracks. He thought, oh man, I'm in trouble. And, and the car mirror just grazed in front of his. If he had carried on going, he would have been killed. So obeying your voice. Kid, young people, listen to me. It's really cool to obey your parents. To let, to hear their voice. Now, I understand, I understand they're crazy people, but they, <laughs> it may save your life. But the other thing it did is the following night as an 11-year-old, I went back going, I heard what my earthly father said. I want to hear if my heavenly father would speak again. And I went into that meeting and all I was waiting for was the altar call. And when they gave the altar call that night, I went forward. And all I did, it was, it was crazy. I stood at the front as a little 11, skinny little 11 year old kid with hair, just in case you were wondering, I was always like this. <laughs> and the, the pastor, minister, whoever he was came along and just basically said to people, do you want to give your life to Christ? Do you want to give your life to Christ? Do you want to give your life to Christ? And what happened was that I, I, uh, I stood there and the response I learned from the people next to me because they said, I do, I do, I do. I thought I was marrying the people next to me. It was crazy. And, and, and so I, I, I went, I do, you know, like, like that. And, um, and then, and that was it. No one followed me up. It wasn't one of those churches. No one came out and took me out and gave me a little book or anything like that. Nothing. I'd never heard anybody pray for me. I'd never had someone lay hands on me. I'd never had someone go, wow, it's like my parents were proud of me. My dad was a Gideon. You know, if you've ever been to a prison, you know, or a motel, 
uh, or a hotel, you know, you know, you get Gideon Bibles. My dad was a Gideon, so he gave me a little Gideon Bible. See, this, that was, here you go, son, here's a Gideon Bible. You never... <laughs> now, here I am, 11 years old. I went to bed that night reading my little Gideon Bible, and I'm going, God, I just want to eat this. I want to eat it. See, boys are like that. They just want their shortcut artists. They just want to, they'd rather eat a study book than read it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Come on, boys, help me out here. Yeah, just like that. And I said, God, I want to read it. And like Jeremiah, I learned later on, he just goes, I, I want to consume your word. It's going to be like honey to me. It's going to be like fire in my bones. <clears throat> and and I, I remember as I read it, the following day, I was sitting in my, my mum's kitchen, my mum and dad's kitchen. And I read it, and I, I didn't know where to read. I just opened it up at Romans and started to read Romans. I'm, she's doing the ironing, my mum, and... I'm just reading this little book and I came up to Romans 1.16 that said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God under salvation for everybody who believes. And it's like the Lord took a sword and ran it through me. It's the first time I ever experienced the rhema word, the word that lives, the word that it was phenomenal. And, I, and I, at 11 years old, I said, Mom, she goes, goes dining. She said, I want to be a minister. She said, you'll have to get your school cert first. <laughs> I thought she was backslidden. <laughs> and, and, and that went on, and she actually, in her own way, prophesied over me. You're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do this. I'm going to pray for you, all those things. And she prayed faithfully up until a few weeks ago when she passed. I remember whispering to her, saying, it's okay to go. Come on, where you go. Where you go. Get out of my life. Where you go. <laughs> Stop bossing me around. Go away you go. <laughs> she was a great lady. She really was. Great sense of humor. And I love her dearly. But, but they track all those times. And you fast forward a little bit longer and I went through all the te angst of teenage years. I might have an altar call for that. Anybody? <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and, I, and I, I'm backslidden. First seance I ever went to was in my youth group. Why was that? Because we didn't believe in the power of God, so we had to believe in the power of something. There were so many cessationalists lapsed into the supernatural, I mean into the occult. Yeah. And we did that as a, as a youth group. We would practice occult part of tricks and all of those kind of things. It was, it was tragic. And I got into martial arts. I was doing really well at all of those kind of things. And, you know, it was, I, it was great for me. And... and uh, and but I, was, I, was, I knew the Word of God. I knew it was powerful in my life. But one night um, when I was down at the gym, the Youth of Christ were meeting. And I knew some of the guys. And so I'd go in and they'd give me tea. And, um, and I could talk Christian. So I just talked Christian. And I was brought up a Christian, so I knew the language. I didn't need subtitles. Yeah. And... and and then I'd go out and live my life and I would not be that. But one day they said to me, oh, well, let's go. We've got a house party we want to go to this weekend. And uh, this guy said, uh, you know, would you like to come with us? And all I heard was party in the house. And so, uh, you know, that's right. It's like dyslexic me, you know, like, <laughs> amen. It's like, and, uh, and, and so I, I, I went along. They picked me up from work and there's a couple of girls in the car and I'm going, hallelujah, shakabala. Oh, I love it. Wasn't I? <laughs> there was no shakalaka in those days. It was just the alcohol, you know, like. And, uh, and, 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 then, and then what happened, the amazing thing was we went and we went up to a place and, and there was this Maori guy there and uh, he, was, he was the speaker. 
And I, went, I knew by then, I, I mean, I was like only in the car for 10 minutes. I knew I had to lapse into my Christian. And so I did all of that. And, uh, but I was totally away from the Lord, totally backslidden, all of those kind of things. But that night, Murray Thompson preached. And um, Murray was a prophet, a revivalist. I only met him once. I only needed to meet him once. Because that night, I never went to an altar call. In fact, I can't recall that he made one. I actually can't remember what he said to me. I can't remember what he said to any of us who were there. Because it's not messages that you remember. It's atmosphere. It's presence of God. It's the supernatural power of God that will change your lives. It's the presence of the Holy Ghost. I didn't know any of that. So I went to bed, climbed up on the top bunk, and I do not know what transacted with me that night. But when I got out of bed, when I woke up in the morning, I was revived. (laughs) I was a different person. They didn't want to take me home because I turned into a Jesus freak in my life, in my night in the night my my feet hit the ground in the morning and god must have delivered me or set me free i've only learned recently that that happened to a number of people with murray's ministry they were transformed in the night they were transformed because the living god came because because faith came on his words and somehow they got into my life i got under a ministry of a man of god who carried something and it changed my life the very next week, I went to a completely new church. It was a Baptist church. It was a youth group. This girl worked, did it, walked in in a mini skirt, and I fell in lust. Love. And, um, and uh, <laughs> love, love. And I heard she wanted to learn the guitar. I knew three chords. I learned six more very, very quickly. Because <laughs> you can get your arm around the person, you know, when you're teaching them the guitar. You know what I'm talking about? And so all of that stuff. And, uh, and, and, and anyway, um, you know, <laughs> And then she was just so sweet. She just loved the Lord, man. She never got mad. She never got anything like that. I thought, man, I just wanted to be around her all the time. I remember looking at her and I prayed, God, I'll do anything. I'll serve you all my days if I just get to get to hold her hand or or whatever. You know, I was just I was besotted with this girl. Yeah, it's good. I've been married to her for 44 years now. But that's just, yeah, amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. And. Uh, but the great thing was that, that I said to her one day, we're out on a date, and I said, because she wanted to pray on all the dates. She wanted to pray. I wanted to pass. She wanted to pray. And, um, and, and, and um, sorry, sorry, you guys. Lord Jesus, heal their memories right now. Just like, and uh, I love you guys. They're awesome. And, uh, and um, I said, what is it about your Christianity? What is it about your Christianity that's different? She said, it's easy. So I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I speak in tongues. I just about swallowed my tongue because I came from a culture that I knew what those or when I'd heard the word Pentecostals but they swang off the chandeliers and rolled on the floors they frothed at the mouth they howled at the moon and now I find myself in this <laughs> I went back to work I was really bothered by it I, I, I wanted to get rid of her and I didn't want to get rid of her isn't that crazy she came from a background, Pakia, once were warriors background. The things that I did know horrified me because I never had a background like that. But God had intervened in her life. She called out to him. She, she tried to commit suicide when she was eight years old. That's how bad it was. And she sought and the power of God 
I remember um, a guy was trying to sell me life insurance. I got into his car, tried to put him off, and uh, here, here's this giant Bible on his on his uh, on his uh, dashboard. It was like a piano accordion that had been fallen on the water and swollen. I'm not kidding you. It was like the family. You remember those old family Bibles you get with everybody in it? He had one of them in his car. Mind you, it was the kind of 60s and 70s and all that stuff. So weird. And uh, and anyway, he's trying to sell me life insurance. So I, I didn't want life insurance. So I said, so uh, so I, I noticed you've got a pocket Bible. And uh, and he goes, uh, yeah, are you a believer? And I went, yeah, absolutely. You know, like all that stuff. And uh, he goes, God's got a word for you. And I went, he said he's got a word for you yes yes amen i didn't know what to say i hadn't heard that language before you gotta understand my background was incredibly conservative and so i said oh, he's got you've got the word the word of god you've got the word of god i, I was getting on to this now because man you know i was like a salesman you gotta think on your feet and uh, and i was like you know come on i've got you know, the word no 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 he said yeah the bible amen but god's got a word for you he said, why don't you open that Bible up and look at Acts 1.5? So I did. It reads, not many days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy moly. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 10 days later, I met him again in a Presbyterian church. I don't know how they let him in, but he was there because he was strange, I can tell you. And, and I didn't know he was a Pentecostal at the same time. If I knew that, I wouldn't even, you know, anyway. And he comes into the meeting. And I said to him, this is weird. I just went up. I went right up to him, bro. And I went, hey, bro, how you doing? Um, I want that baptism of the Holy Spirit thing. And he goes, I'll just come back to my house for supper. So I said, okay. So I'm going to get a free feed out of it. So his wife's cooking, cooking some stuff for the supper. And they take me into the front room, living room, lounge, whatever you want to call it. And um, there's three guys there. And uh, I go, hey, how does this work? Know, like, and they got a chair and put it in the middle of the room. They got to put a chair, and I, I'm going, oh, it's like the occult. We're gonna, we're gonna do a party trick. We're gonna do the chair lifting thing, you see? And uh, they said, I'll sit on the chair. That's, that's how screwed up I was. That, that's how screwed up I was. And I'd get angry, you know, people are preaching because that's what happens when you get religion and legalism going together. They're like twins, and they produce anger. Yeah, come on. And he, and and so. They lay hands on me, and uh, they say, what is it you want? I said, I want this baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they all laid hands on me. No one spoke in tongues. I'd never heard tongues anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. And, uh, and so they laid hands on me, and, what, and, and, and then they took their hands off. And I looked at them, and I went, so what happens now? And they said, just thank God. Now, I was a good conservative evangelical, so thankfulness, I knew, accessed God. So I thought, well, that's the right thing to do. And so I began to thank him. So thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I wasn't as enthusiastic as I am now, but I, I, I was thanking him. And I was like a bit sarcastic probably as well. I went, thank you, Lord, that you baptized me in the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you shikamah nahasa. Thank you that you haha. Thank you that you popo will come out. Thank you that, that. And then they, yeah. And then they started laughing at me. Never laugh at a legalist. Because I just locked up. What are you guys laughing at for? He goes, because you're speaking in tongues. And I went, like that language. I could have done that when I was 11 years old. That's what I said. It was sitting right there. Wow. 
The Holy Ghost had been following me like a cloud. I knew it. I knew it as a kid. I knew it in the night hours. I knew it when I began to pray. I knew it when I backslid. And it was like a bubble burst. And the manifestation of it for me, there was two things. One, I was delivered. It was like a swarm of bees. Suddenly got someone cracked their hive open. Like they, and the hive just was released and these bees started to swarm up, not literally people, they're just imaginary bees, all right, just in case someone's taking notes over there. And it's just like these bees, it felt like there was bees climbing up my throat like that and climbing out of my mouth and I was choking and coughing. And as soon as I was gone, it was ya parumba kasiano bleto malare fiata la basiano crosia vetumbra viata kamababa viataba corosaba. It was language that began to flow out. It was language that began to flow out. And, and, and I just want to so encourage you this morning. I was going to speak on some other things, but um, I, I, just, I just got a feeling that the being in Pentecost for so many years, you got to understand, that was the first person I ever heard speak in tongues. Took them an hour and a half to shut me up. I went home to see my mother, who was not into this at all. And I opened the door, it was after midnight, late on a Sunday night. And I remember opening the front door, and mum was standing there, and her in her candlewick dressing gown and her curlers in her hair. Oh, I need a sozo, I tell you. And, uh, and, and, and the, uh, or any ministry. And, um, and, and she, she this, is, this is amazing because our spirit is larger than our soul is larger than our body. And my spirit got home before my body got in the door. Yeah, we could expand that a little bit, but I'll just give that taste for you. And, and then my mum looked at me and she said, what's happened to you? I didn't see the thing. She said, what's happened to you? I said, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking tongues. And she went, don't tell your father. <laughs> I never did, actually. I never did. He found out when I was ordained as a Pentecostal pastor. But, you know. And so there's been amazing things happen. I, I believe God wants to heal people here this morning. Um, because one of those things that I carry, when I speak, people get healed. They come afterwards go, I was healed when you were speaking. I went, oh, that's nice. Um, and, um, and so I started to explore healing. And uh, I started to practice it and all that. And I was on the Queenstown Wharf, which is a great place to go for coffee and uh, down south. And so I was there. And my wife's a photographer. Um, and uh, she, uh, she pastors with me. But her hobby is photography, award-winning, great. And so she met another photography friend who had a friend with her. And so, you know, I'm the spare wheel, and, uh, and so I'm talking, and I'm the friend that I don't know, and she doesn't know me, we're talking, and I did the obligatory, hey, how are you? And she said, oh, I'm all right, I'm not, and I said, you really all, you look a bit, you look a bit pain. She said, oh, well, I've got this, I've got this rotator cuff injury. And uh, I said, well, actually, I'm doing some studies on healing at the moment. Do you mind if I practice on you? And um, I thought that was good. See, I have to have eight case studies. Would you mind being one? And um, I thought, that was awesome, you know. So she said, oh, I'd love to. Thank you very much. What do I do? I said, well, just answer a couple of questions for me. So I did that. And, uh, and I said, oh, I'm going to pray for you. Can I use you again? And, uh, and so, no, it's all right. Stay there. And, uh, oh, no, stand up. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a lovely, I love that suit, man. It's like, is it fitting with my pants? No, it doesn't. Okay, that's okay. The, um, and so, and so I, I'm saying to her, um, so uh, can you lift your arm? No, she's going because the surgery had, had failed. And, uh, and she, you know, couldn't do any of that. And she was going to the physio. It's going to be a year. So I said, well, can I pray for you? I'm going to pray for you in Jesus' name, you see? And so, and she okay about that? And she was like, oh, 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 oh. So while she was thinking about it, I went, you know, laid my hands on. I said, in the name of Jesus, I just release your healing flow right now. And uh, I said, how's that? And she goes, no, it's not nothing really. 
Okay, that's exciting. I said, so, uh, so uh, well, I wasn't excited. And I said, but I've learned it's never me, it's always him. I'm just a conduit. And, uh, and so I said, do you mind if you have another crack at that? And, uh, and uh, so she said, all right then. So, so I laid hands on her. So I, I said to her, is it okay if I lay hands on her? And I lay hands on her again. And, and I said, Father, I just say thank you right now that you love this gal so much. I just, I just release healing into her right now in Jesus' name. And, uh, and anyway, I said, how's that then? She goes, I felt something. Oh, she felt something. Come on. It was like, I said, what was it like? She said, it was like tingly. All my shoulders tingly right now. So, you know, we could sort of have a meeting after that and go home. But I thought, why don't we do third time lucky? That's a good Christian term, eh? And, uh, and, and, uh, and she said, okay, then third time lucky it is. So just as I went to reach out my hand, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says it's an infirmity, a spirit of infirmity. And so as I was traveling my hand towards her, I went, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. I hit it. She, she did. It was like she, she didn't fall over. She just goes, her arm shot up like that. And she went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, that's correct. That's correct. She was, she was instantly healed. She was instantly healed on the Queenstown Wharf. And what I'm, what I'm saying this morning, there are people with rotator cuff injuries here and I've seen so many of them healed now. If you've got a rotator cuff injury, I want you to start getting out of your seat and coming down here. All right, if that's, if that's you. All right. The other thing was a year ago, a year ago, um, I was in uh, Redding, California with my wife. She leaves tomorrow to go again. We go every year. I, I'm, I didn't go this year. And uh, I'm in a fire tunnel. Do you know, guys, what fire tunnels and prayer tunnels are? Yeah, you get a whole bunch of people around and you pray for them. And so uh, I was invited I was invited to go down um, because we were just visiting. It was just a blessing, you know. And so uh, there's 2,000 people in the room. I wear hearing aids. I've got familial deafness. That means deafness runs in my family. It's hereditary. You know, my mum my was deaf, my, all of that side of the family, my mum's side of the family. And so it's been really hard work for me. Um, you know, my, my kids have found it hard work. Dale's found it hard work. Dale's my wife. And, uh, and so um, without knowing any of that, I just went through. But the problem was this. This is the reluctance of people, of, of me, not you. I went up there, I was jet lagged, I just wanted to get to my hotel, I was tired, and, uh, and what happened was uh, I stood at the back, I was just about up the, near the front here, and uh, they said, we're gonna put this, do this tunnel, prayer tunnel, uh, before we start the conference, and, uh, and so let's do that. So I thought, look, I'll shoot over there. And then they made us go all the way around the back, 2,000 people. And so I'm jet lagged and I'm hangry, uh, because I, I and, and, and anyway, I eventually get down. So it takes me half an hour to get down. It's like late. It was about, it was about half past 10 at night anyway. And uh, I get down the aisle and then I go through. Dale's like provoking me to go down, all that, and I'm reluctant. I finally get through. Bill Johnson prays for me. Chris Valaton plays for me. All those kind of things. They've got their elders and a whole bunch of kids from the, from the revival school, the ministry. They all prayed for me. I got out of the whole thing, went down to sit at the back and waited for Dale. She got back to me and said, let's do it again. And I went, you have got to be kidding me. I am really tired. And she goes, we're not coming all this way for you to whinge. She's Norwegian, and she's a nurse, <laughs> and she has that look. You know what I'm talking about? She's got a black belt and husbandry. So I'm all right then. So I get down there. When I come around the second time, everybody prays for me again. 
I get into the, where the students are and they get so excited because they can see I'm wearing hearing aids. And they go, and this young guy, I don't know, he looks like 12. He goes, he's deaf. And then looks at me and goes, you're deaf. And I went, shut up, I'm hard of hearing. You know, like, it was kind of like in my head. I was like smiling graciously. And uh, anyway, they jump on me. I mean, they jump on me. They were enthusiastic. Like I tell you, they jumped on me and basically beat my back going, in the name of Jesus, be healed. You know, I just had heart surgery like in the last thing. So everything aches a bit, you know. And he's beating on my back. You know, just like doing this whole thing, and um, and then and then I'm on the I get I get hit by the power of God. I'm a, I'm a I'm a cheap date, you know, and uh, I'm I'm drunk as a skunk, trying to getting along. Then I thought this is cool now. I'm like I like this, but they're still beating on me, and they and they got they're, now they're double teaming. It's like WWF. It's hopeless, and uh, you know we've got these gals jumping on me, you know, and then they then they drag me out and they go and they go, can you hear now? And I'm going. Lord, you know, like, and so, they, and then they, and then they said, take your hearing aids out. So I took my hearing aids out, and, uh, and then they yelled even louder so I could hear them. It was so funny, and um, and, and and the noise everywhere says, you know, can you can you hear? And I said, well, yes, I can, because they were yelling. Well, then they run around announcing to everybody that this guy's been healed. So they got television cameras following me now, and I and I don't know, I don't know whether I'm healed or not. I just feel like I want to be back in Invercargill where it's nice. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and so I, I get back home, long story, I know, but I, I get back to the hotel, we get back to all of that kind of stuff. And what begins to happen is that um, Dale says, how do, you, how do you feel? And I said, I, I just feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I just need to go to sleep. Got up in the morning, hearing aids are on the, on the, on the table side of the bed. And then she said to me this, what are you going to do? And that's a good thing with healing. What are you going to do? Because we, when we get prayed for, we need to do something. And so when I said this, I said, until I need them, I'll, I won't put them in. I haven't had them in for a year. I've still got them. Because they cost a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm half Scottish. <laughs> but, but I tell you what, I can hear perfectly. It's been astonishing. Everybody's going, it was an amazing thing that God can do that. The very fact that I said that, because Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. If you're deaf this morning, you need to stand up right where you are because I'm going to pray for you right now because we're out of time, but I just want you to do that. And I'm going to pray for these folks here. But if you're sick this morning, um, I've seen asthma's healed. I worked in a hospital for 13 years before I was a pastor. I, I've seen some remarkable miracles in all those, all those ways. And I just believe the Lord spoke to me last night, said the atmosphere in this place, he said that, that when Jesus came, when the, his friends were lifting him, uh, letting down their friends through the roof. Jesus said he was in it in the atmosphere where the presence of the Lord was there and there was a healing presence to heal people. And uh, I, I just want to so encourage you this morning, if you're sick in your body, come on. I don't care if a million people have prayed for you. Let me be a million and one. And uh, I'm really happy just to lay hands on every person that comes up here. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to hand over real soon. Uh, but I, I just want you to, to just read the scripture, which I should have read at the start. But listen to this, it's in, in, um, in, in Luke chapter 5. It says, They went through every town of Galilee and Judea and, and Jerusalem. There was a man who was brought on a bed who was paralyzed. They brought him in before him. And it says, The power of the Lord was present to heal him. If you're sick, if you've got asthma, I want to pray for the rotator cuff people. Stay in the front. I'll need a team to help me. 
uh, but I just want to lay hands on each of you. And I'm going to pray a general prayer right now. I want those of you who have got hearing difficulties right now and hearing aids, all right? In the first week I told that testimony, six people got instantly healed. And I just keep on having it. There's people here today that your areas in your thumb, your thumb areas, both hands or one hand or in your fingers, uh, uh, either trigger finger or they're just extremely painful. It's like an arthritic kind of thing. And it may not even be that. God wants to heal that. He spoke to me about that. There is kids here, um, and I don't know how we're going to do this, but there's kids here that are being troubled with night terrors, all right? And uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me last night, actually, when I was in bed. And uh, he said, there are people here that need to be, just have someone lay hands on them and, uh, and be able to do that. And uh, that's really cool. Is that good? Uh, let's bow our heads together right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today that you are our healer. You are our great physician. And we thank you right now for the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. We just say thank you that you are setting free, people setting free. Whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. And right now I speak to those of you who have hearing aids or familial deafness. Right now just put your hands near your ears or in your ears. In the name of Jesus Christ, on the basis of my own testimony, but more importantly on the Word of God. I just rebuke right now that spirit of infirmity, of deafness, in the name of Jesus Christ. Bang! Right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Shaka mandia kopraye sana. Hila pare bala 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 Sometimes many of these people will have to sit in a chair. I need someone with this lady right here. Power of God's all over you. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, beautiful people, you beautiful people, you responded so quickly because you know you need help with this. In the name of Jesus, I release the Holy Ghost right now on each and every one of you. In Jesus' name, rotate a cup. Command you right now to be loose now in Jesus' name. Completely released in Jesus' name. Now I'm gonna come, I'm gonna leave the pulpit. I want to pray for you. And so I'm just gonna spend time down here. Apostle Mike's gonna start leading and uh, and, and looking after it from here. God bless you guys, thank you so much. Come, come, Holy Spirit. Well, let's just worship him. Come, this is worship of the Lord. Holy Spirit. 